0: Um, I always say Hooters is what got me involved
1: in this, um, If you find yourself stuck in a rut personally or professionally, this podcast is for you. The Rory Pitt show comes to you weekly and includes over 40 years of life experience. And that's just the guy behind the mic. Join Rory as he entertains you with stories that will encourage and inspire you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here's your host, Rory Pitts. Welcome to the Rory Pitts Show, episode number 13. If this is your first time listening, thanks for hopping on. The Rory Pitts Show is produced every week in Puyallup, Washington, and is created for your enjoyment. Show notes can be found at RoryPitts.com. Feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, like it on SoundCloud, or subscribe in iTunes. If you like what you hear, please spread the word and let your family and friends know about the Rory Pitt Show. Now, let's get started. What's going on? What is going on? What a week. What a week. Well, hey, let's do this. Before we get to this week's guest... Brittany Hamilton from Operation Ward 57. Let's kind of talk about what's gone on this past week. So it started, we'll go back to last Friday, Saturday. Got a chance to listen to my podcast. The one where Bobby and I sat down and talked about interest rates and new agents and just kinda what we're seeing in the industry right now. One thing that I noticed was I stammer. (laughs) And, um, um, and, and, um, um, I can make my own alarm clock with my stammering. And I'm giving good information, but I'm not thinking things through. And I feel like it's more important to just fill your ears with noise than it is to stop, think about my next comment, then move forward. So that's a change I'm going to make with the podcast, which it's going to be a little getting used to for me, because I'm used to just talking and talking and talking, but this feels like it sounds better on your end. Just being more thoughtful with what I'm saying. So I did that on Saturday, heard part of my podcast, kind of made myself sick just listening to myself. I hope that you're, if, if you've been listening to the show for quite a while, I hope you're not sick from listening to <laughs> my voice and how I stammer. That has nothing to do with Bobby. Bobby brought some great stuff to the podcast last week. I was more concerned about making sure that, uh, Ah, see, I just did it. I just did it. I'm more concerned about feeling the sound than I am adding content. So we're going to work on that. Hope you have some patience with me. Like I've said before, this podcast is a work in progress. And I know there's hope. I've mentioned this before. If you look at Gary Vee, you look at his very first YouTube video, Where he's talking about wine. And then look at his thousandth show. It's night and day. That first episode is brutal. But his thousandth? I don't know why I can't say thousandth episode. But you watch that one. He's all over it. He knows what he's doing. So there's hope for me yet. (laughs) So Saturday, that's what I did. Sunday kind of relaxed, then Monday, Monday started what was best categorized as a roller coaster of a week, and I want to make sure that I don't just get on here and start complaining and whining and crying, because I would not want to listen to that podcast, to me that sounds like garbage, so instead, I'll just share a couple stories with you real quick, and then we'll get to my special guest, which I just realized I sat down with Brittany last Saturday, and that was a good conversation. So we'll get to that shortly. So starting on Monday, my good buddy Neil Mathweg from the Onion Juice Podcast out in Wisconsin got me on his podcast, he reached out to me about a week before that, said, hey, I'd love to get you on. I like what you're doing in social media right now. Let's talk. And, uh... Oh, I did it. Every time I say and, uh, I'm just going to have to catch myself. So I said, yeah, let's do it. So we got on Google Hangouts on Monday. Neil fired up the old recording button. And we went to town. And we had some fun. Let me tell you, man. And wool man. We had a good time on the podcast. And... I'm excited to hear how it turned out. And I hope that you would check it out too. The Onion Juice Podcast. If you're in real estate, or heck, even if you're an entrepreneur for that matter, you got to check it out. And I'll be on the episode this coming Monday, and I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. So did that on Monday. And then like right after... We got done. That was like getting to the top of the roller coaster. You know, click, 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 click. click. We're going to the top of the roller coaster. If you live here in Puyallup, you know the wooden roller coaster we've got over there at the Puyallup Fair. Sorry, the Washington State Fair. So you can picture going up the first part of it. Click, 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 click. And that was the podcast with Neil. Everything was going Great. Then, right after the podcast, we got all done, turned my phone back on off of airplane mode, and wouldn't you know it, ding, 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 all these messages start coming in. Um, oh, I just did it, um, had some deals that were a challenge this week, had some deals that actually made me, um, ah, did it, um. I had some deals this week that made me become a better real estate agent because of the challenges that I experienced. One of them was something that was completely out of my control and most everybody's control. Um, I, I just did it. Um, yet the people that were involved with that, let's just say if you're a real estate agent, you need to stay on top of every aspect of a transaction even if it's not your part of the transaction you have to hope that the other person on the other side is doing their part in the transaction but it's so important to stay on top of things and I'm not calling anybody out that's not my point here my point is that you got to stay on top of these things. If you want to bring a transaction to a close with happy clients, happy agents, happy escrow, happy everybody involved, you got to stay on top of it, even if it's not technically your part of the transaction to facilitate. So that's what I did. And after a bumpy conversation or two, we were able to get things smoothed out. So one transaction, we're not going to close this week. It is what it is. The other transaction, that one kind of got me going into a bad mood going into the weekend. So that might have been what started everything last week. But the other transaction, once we got it figured out and everybody was on the same page, we went after it like crazy. And to everybody's credit, everybody... Pulled up their bootstraps, worked just a tiny bit harder than we've already been working. And I can honestly, honestly, honestly is not the right word. I'm happy to say that the buyers got their keys this afternoon. That's right. I'm recording this podcast on a Friday afternoon, right after I just handed over the keys to some new home buyers. How cool is that? In this family, I have enjoyed working with them throughout the entire process. From the first time we met at a coffee shop to go over how the process works until just 45 minutes ago when I dropped off the keys, they have been a joy to work with. Every time we go look at a house, they ask good questions. They just always had a smile on their face. We ran into a couple of Roadblocks, again, such good-hearted people. And and maybe, oh, see, two ands in a row. Can't do that. Maybe they're hiding it, <laughs> which is fine. There's things I do, like yesterday. Woo, we'll get to yesterday in a second. Maybe they hide it, but they made the process enjoyable. They made me want to work even that much harder after some roadblocks came in the way. And they're just great people. And when I handed the keys over to them today, see, English, tough for me. When I handed the keys over to them today, the smile and excitement on their faces made it all worth it. I mean, they were giddy, so excited. So I just want to say congratulations to Bobby and Misty Danford on getting your keys Later, earlier than we expected, (laughs) if that makes any sense. And uh, I'm excited for them. So happy for that that family. And I just, he, Bobby promised me, he said, we're going to have a barbecue when we get things all settled in. So I'll be there, dude. I'll be there. So what else happened this week? What else was a roller coaster? Well, I picked up my daughter from college. Little Miss Freshman just finished her first year. It was very strange on a couple different levels. First off, it felt like we had just dropped her off last September and I'm already there to pick her up. She's done with her first year of college. Second thing was I realized that this is the beginning of many years of helping my daughter move either in and out of college dorms, or into apartments, or houses, or whatever, because I seriously underestimated how much crap that girl collected in just her freshman year in college. And fortunately, I brought the truck. I didn't bring anybody else, so I had room in the in the cab, and I had room in the back of the truck, and fortunately, we made it all the way back to Puyallup. Didn't lose anything, (laughs) but I just thought it was pretty funny. I posted a picture of, uh, of our moving her out on Snapchat. What I do is I save all my snaps. So I'll, um, ah, I did it again. Um, I will leave a link in the show notes to my Facebook page where you can see the video from Wednesday when we moved her out. So that's pretty much it. It, um, ah, um, I have like, I'm like my own self buzzer now. I am so cognizant. That's a big word. Even for a WSU Cougar, I'm so aware of what I'm saying that I know it sounds odd and I'm sorry, but I'm working on it. I have to get rid of the ums, the ums. I wanted to throw my own podcast out the window last week when I heard it. So we've got to cut back on those ums and be more mindful of what I'm saying. With that said, that was my week. That was my week. And quite honestly, I'm thankful. I'm always, I can't say always, I'll say I'm 99% of the time grateful to go through these things to go through tough negotiations, to go through deals that aren't going to close on time. That's what helps make me a better real estate agent. It's what help makes me, boy, that was wrong English. I'm sorry. That's what helps make me a better entrepreneur. And that is what helps make me a better person. And as we transition into my, Sit down interview with Brittany. Brittany Hamilton from Operation Ward 57. She brings up a good point in our sit down about just kind of being aware of how fortunate you are, and to not, you know, not necessarily take yourself so serious, but realize that there's people out there that have a lot more pain, both physically and mentally. And it makes you realize that, you know, it's not that bad. And as I sit here talking to you right now, I'm taking my own words to heed and just reflecting on how everything's good. Even in these trials and these struggles of the past week, everything is good. Family's healthy, clients are, help, are happy, I'm healthy, got a roof over my kids, my wife, got food on the table. Just important to be thankful for those things and not to lose sight of how blessed we are, blessed we are as a nation. And the reason we're blessed like that is because of these wounded service members that the folks at Operation Ward 57 help, support, make that transition back into regular life. And I'm just grateful I got a chance to sit down with Brittany Hamilton. So sit back, relax. And listen to my interview with Brittany as she talks about all the good work that Operation Ward 57 is doing for service members, for their families, and also about their big event that is coming to Cheney Stadium in Tacoma, Washington. So here it is, Brittany, my sit down with Brittany Hamilton, the executive director from Operation Ward 57. All right, everybody. My guest today is Brittany Hamilton. Brittany is the executive director at Operation Ward 57 a nonprofit organization that helps to support wounded service members and their families. Aside from the awesome work they do throughout the year, Operation Ward 57 is back again this year for the 6th Annual Rock and Rally for the Troops, which we'll discuss shortly. It is my pleasure to welcome Brittany Hamilton to the Rory Pitt Show. It's so good to have you here today, Brittany. Thanks
0: for inviting me. I appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got a mutual friend, uh, Mandy Atkins, which I'm pretty sure she's going to hear this podcast. <laughs> Uh, she's been telling me for a long time, you've got to get Brittany on the, on the podcast. You've got to get Brittany on the podcast. So Mandy, Brittany is here. It's really happening. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> I always like to start with the toughest question and then the rest of the questions are easy, but the toughest question, what did you have for breakfast this morning?
0: I had coffee. That's it.
1: That's the breakfast of champions That's right there. That's
0: about all I ever do for breakfast. <laughs> now, how do you like your coffee? You know what's interesting? My coffee choices vary. I can completely drink it black, and some days I do, and then the other days usually a little French vanilla creamer in there. So at home, I would say the French vanilla. When I'm at work, it's usually black. Okay. I mix it up.
1: I, I, I can <laughs> totally respect that. That That's awesome. I uh, For a long time, or actually for a long time, I used to get mochas a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my pocketbook, and I looked at my waistline, and I went, hmm. Black coffee should probably be the way to go yeah that
0: 's that's how what kind of happened to me. I used to do a mocha every day on the way to work, and then one day I was like, this is a lot of money i was like i'm good i 'm good with drip coffee
1: yes, and if you go to you know if you go to the Green mermaid or you go to a different coffee shop, you always notice there's a line. Mm-hmm. And I, I, found out the trick one day. If you order black coffee, boom, they give it to you right then and there, and you're out the door.
0: Yep. My mom actually used to be a mocha drinker, and she decided one day to, literally every day, she took the five dollars she would spend and she put it in a bucket. And she actually, we all went to Hawaii <laughs> after all of her savings from that. And it didn't take wow. long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She God. actually put the five bucks in. I would have probably never actually put. But. <laughs> She was well, dedicated. That's us.
1: a testament to how exactly. much money we waste. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yep, yep. Wow, don't let my wife know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start off with um, what were you doing before you became the executive director of Operation Ward 57?
0: So I was, I did my schooling in the area. I did my undergraduate at Bastyr University uh, in Kenmore, and then I did my graduate at Seattle U and I started working at the VA in Seattle about, about 16 years ago, um, and I was there doing research in mental health and addictions, and that was kind of my first exposure to working with veterans. Mm-hmm. I had veterans in my family, but that was my first exposure to it. Um, and I was just doing that, and then, you know, the, uh, the wars started kind of happening, and I was, you know, in my 20s and, and kind of going, okay, well, what you know, um, what can I do to to help? And I didn't think I had any, like, talents is what I always tell people. I'm like, I don't sing, I don't draw, <laughs> I don't, like, I had no idea how I could, like, contribute and um, and then was lucky enough to meet the founders right when they were starting the organization and, and kind of started volunteering and, um, and then got involved with the organization back then. But prior to that, I was just a, working and having fun
1: yeah yeah (laughs) okay well what convinced you to get involved with them I mean because there's many organizations out there you can get involved with what was it about this organization that made you go you know what this is the one I want to be with
0: yeah well it was like I said it was 2000 about 2007 um, and that was when the height of the scandal came out about the conditions at Walter Reed right and that was when the organization was just getting off the ground, um,
1: and I... Well, let's back up for a second. Um, for some people who might not know mm-hmm. what those scandals are about, what what were they about?
0: Well, so part of it was Walter Reed Army Medical Center was kind of, it's, we call it, the, was the first stop for a lot of service members when they would get injured in Iraq and Afghanistan. And the hospital was no way was prepared for the wars and the amount of people that would come through mm-hmm. the wards. And so the hospital itself um you know 100 plus years old um the building you know it was making people sick it was one of those old buildings asbestos um cockroaches just morale was low conditions were low the the treatment was just it was horrible and
1: these are for our heroes that are coming back oh my gosh and there
0: was just so many they weren't they weren't prepared for it you know it was kind of an old hospital treating the old veterans and you know like a lot of places and then suddenly there was this influx of you know a lot of people and um, so it was it was pretty bad Um, and it made a lot of news there was some whistleblowers that basically um, kind of revealed the conditions of it and so it made quite a bit of news at the time Mm -hmm. Um, and so around that time you know like I said I was wanting to do something I was wanting to give back I didn't know how to do it because again I was in like college or just around out of college, and I thought, I don't have a lot of money. I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, and I happened to go to an event here in Tacoma. Um, a guy I went to high school with was on a reality show, a Battle of the Bands reality show. Okay. Um, and they were doing a preview of their taping at the Hooters in Tacoma. Okay. Um, I always say Hooters is what got me in, involved in this. <laughs> um, went to Hooters, and uh, they were all there wearing these T-shirts that said Ward 57, um, and I, you know, went up to my friend and I was like, Hey, what, what's the shirts about? And he's like, well, actually the, there's this organization called Operation Ward 57. Um, and basically buy a shirt and you're going to directly buy something that goes to support one of those service members on the ward, which was the amputee ward, okay. Ward 57. And I went, well, I can do that for 20 bucks. And then I kind of went, well, and I can ask my friends to do that. We can all do that. And it felt like a direct way to help instead of money just going into this general fund and I had no idea where it was going to go. Right. It was like, these are the people you're going to help this specific ward. And I went, okay, you know, I can do that. And and I started volunteering with the organization um, at that time. I actually didn't realize that it had just started when I started volunteering for it. It was okay. just getting off the ground. Um, and so I volunteered... Um, for several years and then actually took over as, as executive director in 2011 so um, wanted to keep seeing it go and grow and you know become it became much more than just the word but you know it was just that I can I can do something that's directly going to impact somebody and I can see that result and and it was pretty amazing
1: that's cool that's very um, cool so you've been doing this for five years
0: well, it's 2007, so... Oh,
1: well, so you've been with Operation Ward 57.
0: So basically, it was from wow. right when they started. Um, they were just getting off the ground. That was one of their very first events that they did. Um, and so I, I started out my first couple of years, I was doing a lot of the admin, so if they're which is stuff I still do today, but it was if there was a booth, I would go work a booth. Okay. Um, I would handle all the merch shipping for orders that we get. Because basically what was happening at the time was we were just selling these shirts to raise funds for the ward. Okay. Um, and then the shirts are given to the patients as kind of like a unit team shirt. It was kind of this morale boost. Right. Um, and so I was handling the shirts and doing some of that and, and actively involved and then... Um, Two thousand nine was my first time actually out at Walter Reed, and then again a couple of years later, um, the co-founder was stepping down, and it was kind of one of those, you know, I wanted to take it over, but if I hadn't have been there, it probably would have just ended up closing, oh, wow. closing shop kind of thing, and so um, I jumped at the chance. I'm like, please, please, yeah, <laughs> <You know>? absolutely. <laughs> so,
1: wow, yeah. Well, let me ask you this: um, since you've become the executive director. What are some of the challenges that you have faced that has made you a better person overall?
0: Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a few things. I mean, one, just the people we're serving. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I went to Walter Reed, just blew me away. And you sit there and go, okay, here I'm complaining about a little backache, you know, or I got a headache today. And then you go see this person that's missing a limb or, you know blind or, you know, head injuries, wow. and you're kind of like, and they're having a, they're actually pretty upbeat and positive. Right. You're kind of like, huh, okay, maybe I need to quit, quit arguing and quit <laughs> telling myself these things and suck it up and, um, you know, that, so that was just even that exposure to that directly, you know, changed a lot of my attitude. Um, for me with the with the organization too and being executive director we're a very small grassroots nonprofit. Okay. And sometimes that struggle is hard and it's actually taught me a lot um, because there's big multi-million dollar organizations out there that kind of get the limelight and you're mm-hmm. kind of going, "Hey, what about me over here?" you know, and we're we're making a big difference and and so that's been a kind of it, it, it tests you sometimes. You kind of want to, you know, scream at the top of your lungs and, you yeah. know, throw a little fit and, and be like, what about us? Or, you know, <laughs> I've got somebody here I need to help, help me. Um, that's definitely been a challenge. And then again, just having to work so hard at, because it's grassroots. We don't have a lot of funds. I'm the only one that's partially paid, and I say partially paid because I get a part-time um salary for it of a whole whopping 700 dollars a month nice yes nice. so if people want to know we're not taking a bunch of money for salaries uh, but we don't really have funds to pay everybody's volunteer which has been great but it's also a struggle because right. you know there's a lot that needs to be done um and there's times where you're kind of you know you you want to you want to be doing more but you're limited just even sometimes in the manpower and so that's kind of um been something that's been really tough and um, often just had to teach me patience and just kind of to step back and do, you know, do what you can do kind of thing. Like with what you got, let's do what we can do and, you know, and not try to stress over the bigger stuff. Right. (laughs) It can drive you crazy
1: sometimes. (laughs) It's amazing how sometimes that works in our lives where something, something makes us realize that there's a bigger purpose than just me. And, and going through those struggles really teaches you, you know what, someone else out there has it worse than me. And maybe I just need to readjust my thinking and, and just yeah. keep on moving.
0: I tell people a lot of times, I'm like, honestly, if you volunteered an hour out of your time, you would be amazed at what you learn, you know, that... There's somebody struggling way worse, has it way worse, having a much worse day. You might still have a lot of bad stuff going on in your life, but there's always something that's worse going on for somebody else. Or they could use the help, or they just need a kind word or something. And um, I'm grateful because I really do think that initial time when I went to Hooters and I decided to volunteer, um, I always am like volunteering itself right there can change change yes. your perspective on the world. Absolutely. And I encourage people all the time. I'm like, get out there and volunteer because you, one, you'll learn a lot, a lot of, you know, good and bad in the world. Um, but you also, I've I've met a lot of people who've kind of found their their place in the world through volunteering. You yeah. know, like, hey, I, I'm a really good net, networker. And mm-hmm. they start doing this thing and they're feeling alive. And, and, you know, and I'm just, that's what I love about it. And so... I'm always grateful. I'm like, you know, I showed up at something, um, and and it completely changed my what I do, my mm-hmm. whole path in life. You yeah. know? I'm like that's pretty powerful. <laughs> that, that is
1: so cool. So that is so cool. Well
0: And I thought I was just going to Hooters for a beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, Hooters is changing the world. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> uh what is one thing that you can think of in particular? last five years or even back to 2007 that reminds you that you are making a difference
0: you know um i get a lot of um i get a lot of thank yous from families kind of privately when we do stuff um but i think more than anything because i don't go into it seeking the thank yous or the little handwritten notes or anything but it's when i see um a family thriving and doing really well that you kinda go, this feels good. It doesn't mean I solely did it. Right. I I always say I'm kind of a part of a big community and team and it does it takes more than one person. Um but when you see a family who, you know, comes to you maybe because they're having financial struggles, their bills are about to be shut off and, you know, they're they're doing that um and they're just trying to get by and then, you know, a year later they're turning around and I've seen, I've had our families turn around and donate back to us when they're, that's pretty cool, you know, when they're doing better or they go, I want to come volunteer and give back, you know, and help the next person. And those are the times when you're like that, that one thing made an impact and, and, you know, changed their life. And, you know, they're wanting to financially give back or they want to give their time back or they, you know, that's when you're kind of like, this is working,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: And it's, it's an actual impact and not just, um, you know, fluff, (laughs) you know? Um, That's what I love. I love when I see people just happy and enjoying life and they're not stressed out, you know, they're not worrying about stuff and you're like, okay, you know. um,
1: That's just so, that's so powerful to see how that can, that just, you know, they always talk about paying it forward, but Mm -hmm. to see that, to see someone that was struggling and now they're in such a position of and i mean success in life not success financially maybe uh, but just they're enough of a success because of what you guys did that now exponentially you're you're reaching more people
0: yeah we have a um several years ago i created a adopt a family program at christmas time where you know we could have families that were struggling um, gets you know adopted by a sponsor family around the country who would basically provide some gifts and a meal for them so they could have a good Christmas and not worry about it? And you'd be amazed at how many families that were signed up for that have turned around and become a sponsor family the next year because things got better for them and they wanted to pay it back to another family. You know, and those are the things where you're like, I love this. Yeah. You know, one month, one year they needed the help. The next year they're giving back and they're you know helping another family to you know show it. You're like, oh. Oh my oh,
1: gosh! You know. Do you gotta? Do you have to go to Costco to buy like uh, Costco sized crates of tissue for those I know, moments?
0: I know. Oh my goodness! I'm a crier, too, so okay, <laughs> I cry all the time. You know, with social media, you post a video of something. And oh I'm, yeah. You know, I'm crying so. <laughs>
1: But, you know it's the it's those videos of uh dad is coming back from doing a tour and and either they're surprising the kid or or um, you know it's a two or, th- it's like a three or four year old and so they know that's daddy and just yeah. oh my gosh yeah oh yeah I still cry every time i, really I <laughs> see
0: something like that or a service member reuniting with their dog that they haven't seen and the dog's wagging his tail yeah. and at him you're like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so
1: it just means you're alive exactly Exactly. (laughs) how about what 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 is the last book or last podcast that you have either read or listened to that has made an impact on you
0: um it's funny reading books has become a a hard thing these days finding the time to i used to read a ton Mm -hmm. um and then when I got out of college, I vowed I was not going to pick up a book for a long, long time. And I didn't. Um, and then we started to to read again. And and I, I to be honest, I read a lot of, um, I like a lot of true story. I read a lot of true story. I read a lot of military, especially folks that have been reading and um, writing books about their time in service. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I'm going to draw a blank on some of the names of them right now. There's a few really good ones out there of um, specific battles um, and kind of the struggles that have gone through them. Um, And I just find that, you know, I'm drawn to that now. Right. You know, um, because there's a lot that went on that I wasn't tracking and aware of. I just knew there was war going on. Right. There was these particular battles and, um, you know, you have like Fallujah and you have all these at times where there's... Lots of men lost, lots of men, you know, that went through, um, some pretty rough time. And I've now met a lot of those people. That's a, what's interesting too, is you pick up these bu- books and you're like, I know this person, this is oh, a, wow. you know, this is a real story. Um, and so that, that's the part that I, it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, I, I know these, this is real, this isn't just wow. a movie. This isn't, you know, um, this isn't a video game. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. these are actual people and, um. And so that's what I've been doing and, and, uh, and reading kind of lately. So I just got sent a book the other day. I sitting in my purse that I still haven't had the chance. I've got one page in. And <laughs> yeah. I carry it with me. I'm like, when I'm going to get some downtime. I'm going to read. Um, that one's uh, called Tribe, which is kind of talking about this tribe, tribe feeling in the military and, mm-hmm. and how we can connect people in kind of that, that same level. Reading's hard to come by. Podcasts are much easier for me. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: I, uh, I've been I've been getting into the audiobooks again. I did audiobooks a couple of years ago, listened to them, and then kind of got off track. But yeah, it's the same thing where I tried picking up reading again and I'm just, I'm so on the go that I'm more suited for podcasts, for audiobooks, stuff like yep. that. You know, it's a great, you bring up a great point about you read some of those things, some of those stories. Um, in the last month, I've been on this World War II kick, mm-hmm. and I'll watch some of these movies talking about some of these battles. Heck, even Band of Brothers. I yeah. um, I was uh, they had it. I believe it was Amazon Prime. I think mm-hmm. is what it was, and so we had the Amazon uh, Prime video or whatever. Yeah. And I'm watching these, and I pulled my my sixteen year old son into it, and I said, "You need to watch some of these with me and He started getting engrossed, and you're hearing about the, you're or you're not hearing you're watching yeah. about some of these battles and and all these things, and you have just this different perspective and you know one thing that really caught my attention watching that was there's this one scene where uh German soldiers have been captured, and the the americans were were walking by him, and you realize and the Americans were realizing. Oh, they're not as evil as everybody's. They're just like me, young guys off to war. But we have to do this nonetheless. Yeah. And, and so you know, when you bring up that point of you're reading these stories and you're hearing about these different battles and you know these people, it's just kind of surreal. And, and it, it yeah. it's like oh, it is real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's you know, and you understand some of their struggles. You understand that when they're over there. There becomes this war mentality, and I mean, you have to think of it that way yep. in order to do what you, your job and to survive, you know, but then you understand that when they get back home, why there's a lot of these struggles, because you know, you know, I've known a lot of people who, who had to shoot children and women because somebody was coming at them. The child had a gun. Right. But they have, then they have to come home and they have to think about that and it's you know and you just you understand sometimes why it can be so hard once they get back home because over there you're in a mindset you're you're right. rambo you know you're it's you know it's war it's it's, it's enemy, like it's like know? all
1: the things that you all the norms that you grew up knowing here in america yes. they're all thrown out the window when yeah. when it's at war over I, there i can't even imagine having yep. to be in that situation yeah,
0: yeah. and that's how it, you know once i Start talking to a few people, and you start to kind of sadly hear some of these stories. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, they they talk about, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm totally spacing on the word now, but there's this. It's not even so much the post-traumatic stress as, I um, don't oh, know, I'm going to space on the term, but like the the. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, moral injury. Sorry, that's what it okay. Is. Moral I've never injury. heard of that before. A lot of them call it's. It's kind of a, a newer thing that's coming to light, where a lot of people like it. Might people are suffering from this kind of moral injury, this this mental piece that goes into it of I had to do a lot of things that I, as a person, don't normally would never do. Wow. You know, on the home front, and so there's a lot of. Um, guilt and anxiety and depression that often come. so it may not be that they're having flashbacks of you know bombs going off and things like that but there's these these memories of um kind of having to do stuff that's kind of against what they you know most people as a human would want to do again you know, women children um you know having to make that decision in a split second to save probably the life of somebody next to you right um and so there's a lot of it's becoming more and more, there's some topics going around and, and groups that are starting to kind of focus on this moral injury going, okay, you know, um, there's this whole other side of things that we don't, we just don't think about. Wow,
1: anymore. I've never so thought about. of it like that before. That, that is a great way to look at it. Yeah. The, the moral injury. Wow. Yeah. That, I, I'm, I'm speechless right now. That makes, <laughs> that makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know? And everybody's got different, you know. And then there are the ones that have the the bombs and the, you know, IEDs and things that have, you know, physically. And they'll have flashbacks and they'll have all of that. But there's just some that have to, you know, live with, with that. Or just, you know, the. I mean, some people, just even having to come back home and leave, you know, because there are there were a lot of great, you know, Iraqis and folks that they were helping in the community, and mm-hmm. then to have to come home, you know, you kind of struggle with that and. Um, it's not uncommon for a lot of people actually now some of these organizations are taking them back over there to kind of give them a little bit of healing and go back to some of these places that they served and see how things are going and you know um, because it's you know it's rough yeah you want to help I mean there's some great organizations out there that are that formed from service members who wanted to go back and you know give and um, you know make still make an impact over there now kind of post-war to kind of reconcile some of that
1: that guilt. Wow, that's wow. that's amazing. There's just so many layers to this. I mean, you hear the phrase war is hell, but there is there's just so much underneath that phrase that that even normal everyday people who walk in the streets don't understand what those what what they got to go through over there. Yeah. And, and it's not just it's not just Iraq and Afghanistan, but You know, it's, um, it's all the wars before Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I was fortunate enough today, I was working at the farmer's market and our booth was right next to the VFW. Mm -hmm. And I know a couple of those gentlemen, that go to my, my church and it's nice to talk to them. And we don't necessarily bring up war stories, but it's just one of those things to tell them. Thank you. I mean, every, every time I get a chance, I try and tell them, thank you. And, and I shared last week on the podcast that, um, I took my kids to a VFW event for Memorial Day because I wanted them to understand that Memorial Day is, is not a day that you thank the veterans that are here. You remember the sacrifices of the ones that are gone. Yeah. And it, it, it was an impact. It was an impact on my kids because before that, it was just, hey, three-day weekend. Exactly. And when, when they uh, heard the 21-gun salute and they heard taps and they heard the everybody speaking, it changed it changed and and if if i can make that change with my kids then hopefully they can tell their friends and then get that spreading and then cuz my concern is that future generations are going to forget about those sacrifices mm-hmm. and uh, you know i've heard the horror stories of of um soldiers coming back from vietnam mm-hmm. and i hope that our our society never does that again cuz we don't understand things they got to go through over there and if you're given an order you do it
0: yeah 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 i mean there's a you know there's a lot of people that somebody made the comment the other day that there's a whole generation now that you know that wasn't around for 9 11. like they don't understand what even triggered iraq and afghanistan you know that whole yeah like mindset you know and it's kind of the shock of like you know, that was my generation or my, my lifetimes, you know, um, you know, there was Pearl Harbor before, and there was these things that, you know, each generation's kind of gone through and it's like, you almost can't fully understand it until you've gone through something like that. Absolutely. Um, and that makes, that makes a really big impact cause I didn't think, oh my gosh, you know, when I was, I was in middle school when the Gulf War was going on mm-hmm. and I remember I didn't know. I didn't have any clue what the Gulf War was about. All I knew it had to do something with oil, and and you know. And I remember I did a, I went out on a protest. We skipped school and went out and protested, <laughs> and, and I I had no idea what I was protesting. I just wanted to get out of class, um, and I didn't I didn't understand because to me at the time you just went into the military to get a college degree. There was no, there weren't wars. There wasn't conflict. There right. wasn't like. You really just, okay, I'll go in I'll do some time. they're going to give me some money for college and you know, and so when when we started going into this war, it was like all of a sudden it became very real. it was like, oh, this is I get it now, you know these these older generations and what they went through, and it completely changes the perspective, you know, yeah um you know, especially you know the World War II folks, I get it now, maybe just because I'm older, but you just I totally understand now like just how powerful their service was. And I can't even imagine life afterwards and coming home and then Vietnam and just all of this is this different culture, you know, kind of piece. And so I have a lot more respect now, I think, for some of the older veterans than I obviously did when I was younger, even from a family that had service members, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think I really got it. For no, a long oh time, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And maybe it's because some a lot of a lot of guys didn't talk about stuff too. So you know, you'd be surrounded by all these veterans that you almost didn't even know they were veterans because it just you know they took that hat off when they left the service and they you know started to have a life at home and you know that just became grandpa or something. You know,
1: yeah, yeah. And well, you know, you always found that generation uh, they didn't really toot their horn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my grandfather was in was in World War II as well, and he never talked about it. Yeah. It was just, oh yeah, Grandpa was in World War II, and that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was recently um, going through something on one of my my grandparents or my grandfather, and found out like he'd been at the Battle of the Bulge, and I was like, what? Whoa! You know, but, like he had. I was like, what? What? Nobody told me this. <laughs> you know, maybe I wouldn't have understood it then, but you know, so it's about that timing and and peace. But it kind of made me sad. Like, oh, I kind of missed that opportunity to. You know, maybe learn some of that stuff right. because I just wasn't, you know. Then again, I might have been too young to really grasp it anyway. I was, you know, <laughs> was going to see Grandpa, but.
1: So. Well, let's uh, let's lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have this awesome event, so the sixth annual Rock and Rally for the Troops, uh, August sixth at Cheney Stadium. Yep. And aside from the fact that you guys have one of the greatest rock bands headlining it with Thousand Foot Crutch, uh, what more can you tell us about the event?
0: So, this is um, kind of my baby that I started six, six years ago. Um, and it's our really, it's honestly our kind of one big annual fundraiser that we do and we throw for ourselves. Um, so, it starts out with a motorcycle ride led by Brothers in Arms Motorcycle Club. Um, Starts at Rock the Dock Pub in Tacoma and makes um, five stops total, kind of around the South Sound. Um, and then it all comes back to Shaney Stadium. Okay. And then at Shaney, there's this kind of outdoor music festival. So um, we've got Vendors, Beer Garden, um, we have the obviously the music, we've got Thousand Foot Crutch, um, and then three local bands, Amadon, Rainlight Fade, and Clear the Chaos, who are all amazing. Um, We'll have a guest speaker who's actually a triple amputee that's coming into town, Adam Keyes, and his mom. Um, And so it's just a whole big kind of festival. There's a silent auction and everything. So um, it's kind of one of those things where you can ride and come to the event, but you don't have to ride. You can just come for the Concert Music Fest. So It kind of appeals to everybody. Um, And I just love putting it on. It's, It's a lot of fun. We started it our very first year was actually started at rock the Dock pub. Um, we, we set up there. Gwen was wonderful and donated the space and had a couple bands. And I will say I've always been really impressed by the caliber of the bands that have played. They've all, you know, um, been some of the most, you know, top notch. Um, last year was actually the first year when we started to bring outside, um, artists into headline, um, And then obviously this year's like our biggest and I'm just so thrilled. Thousand foot crutch, I can't, I can't, I'm just so excited.
1: (laughs) Well, I I don't know if, I don't know. Did Mandy tell you the story about how I found out? Uh Uh-uh. So, so, so Tim and Mandy, they put their house on the market back in, I want to say January. And they asked me to hold an open house at their home. And I said, sure, no problem. Let's do that. So held open on a Friday. They stopped by real quick to pick up a couple things and they were going to take off and mandy had said to me are you interested in being part of the rock and rally uh in august and i said yeah sure you know g- give me more information and let me know she said yeah there's gonna be a band there um uh, thousand foot and before she could even finish thousand i screamed like a little girl <laughs> i was so darn excited you should have seen the look on mandy's face she thought i was like possessed or something. <laughs> And she's like, what is wrong? I said, you don't understand. They are freaking awesome. (laughs) I love Thousand Foot Crutch. Uh, My daughter and I, we had an opportunity to meet them, I want to say three years ago. They did a benefit concert at Ben Royal Hall with uh, an orchestra behind them. Yeah. And it was fantastic. We got to meet the guys. Super nice guys. Yeah. This is awesome. This event is going to, they're going to rock they're just going to rock the place.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really excited. I'm definitely trying to get the word out because there's, there's a lot of people who know about them and then there's a lot of people that don't. And I'm, I think they would be pretty, you know, like I'm a huge fan of them. Um, I met them um, several years ago. They came through on Uproar Fest. Okay. Um, and one of our Wounded Warriors who we helped um, and was volunteering for us at the time had met them at, I think it was Creation Fest. And so they did a meet and greet. We bought, brought a bunch of Wounded Warriors and stuff, and they were just so down to earth oh, and so awesome. nice. And, yep. and I became a big fan then. Um, so when we started to think about bands, I thought, you know, this is one of those ones that, you know, I'm like, they've got a big following. Um, they don't come out here very often. Let's get them out here, yep. you know, and, and, and I just really think um, it's a good fit. The whole lineup's a good, going to be a great, great thing. But yeah, it's a... Uh,
1: they're incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've always got a good message. You don't... I can let my my six-year-old kids listen to Thousand Foot Crutch and not have to be concerned about anything whatsoever. Yep. And that's what... I love that about them, too. So that's exciting. Well, um, is there anything we miss? Anything, uh, anything else we should share with the audience before we wrap this baby up?
0: Um, you know, I don't think so. I mean, other than, you know, obviously you know, I encourage people to volunteer. It doesn't, you know, we always need volunteers, but it doesn't have to be us. It can be, you know, any other community group or organization out there, whatever, um, you know, cause kind of pulls at your heart and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and get involved and volunteer and you don't need to have money to be able to kind of make a difference. You right. know, the so one thing I've learned and, um, uh, just time, you know, and a good heart kind of make goes a long ways. So, um, You know, I just encourage folks to get out there and, you know, spend an hour. Yeah. It makes a big difference.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. And thank you for hopping on the podcast here and and sharing what Operation Ward 57 is all about. I know I've learned more about the organization today. And I'm excited to be a part of the event in August. Um, What's the best way people can contact you and get more information?
0: Yeah. So for the organization, um, we have our website, which is operationward.com. Uh, 57.org. Okay. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. If you pretty much just type in operation award 57. Um, and then for rock and rally for the troops, you can either go there or we also have our own website for that, which is just rock and rally for the troops.com. So, um, but we're all over kind of social media. So pretty easy to find. So we like when people, you know, make a comment on the wall or tweet us or, you know, it's, we appreciate it. So
1: absolutely. Cool. Well, again, Thanks for being here. Thanks for hopping on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: That's good stuff. Really enjoyed sitting down with Brittany and just getting to know her better, getting to understand the good work that Operation Ward 57 is doing for our wounded service members and and helping out their families. And I'm grateful to to be a part of that. Our team is going to be at that event at Cheney Stadium in August and I'm excited to be there as a resource for these service members. And I'm also pretty darn excited to listen to Thousand Foot Crutch. So, i have all the links in the show notes. Take a look. Check out the good work that they're doing. If you're not doing anything in August, come on out to the big concert Check out Thousand Foot Crutch. If, you, uh, if you're a biker, find out more information about doing the bike ride before the event. If you have any, and if you have any more questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me and I'll see if I can get the answers for you. Or I'll put you in contact with Brittany Hamilton and, and let you guys make a connection there. So that's it for this week. If you would, do me a favor. Check out my buddy Neil Mathwag's podcast, the Onion Juice Podcast. I will be on there on Monday, and I will have a link to the Onion Juice Podcast website. You can find them on iTunes, so check them out and hear my sit-down with Neil Mathwag talking about just getting after it and just doing it and just, in social media, get over yourself and do a podcast. Get over yourself and start providing content on Snapchat. Provide content and emails. Just provide content and value to your clients. Because any agent out there can do a drip campaign. And you can ask almost all of your clients that you have in that drip campaign, and they're going to tell you, we really don't like it. We really don't care. We normally send it to spam. You're wasting your time. So make that time more valuable and provide content for your clients. So listen to that podcast with Neil Mathweg. You'll hear more about the things I've done in the past six months that has changed my business, that has attracted more clients, and that is overall just feels like a better model on how to run a business as an entrepreneur. So thanks again. To Brittany Hamilton for sitting down with me from Operation Ward 57. Check out their stuff in the show links. You guys, I'm so grateful that you would take time out of your busy day to listen to the Rory Pitts show. Let's make sure to keep this conversation going after the show. I'd love your feedback, comments, and suggestions for future guests. I've got a couple more people lined up, but there's more people out there that have a story, and I'd love to share it with everybody. So, connect with me on social media. And let me know. You can find me on Facebook, Snapchat, and Periscope at Rory Pitts. You can find me on Twitter, Real Rory Pitts. Check me out on Instagram, Rory underscore Pitts. Also, now the show is on iTunes. So, if you would take a moment, leave a comment, and rate it. Like I said, the show is a work in progress. The only way it can be better is if you give me some feedback and let me know. How I can provide more value to you. Finally, show notes. They can be found at rorypitts.com. And again, all links from today's show are there. Thanks again, you guys, for listening to the Rory Pitts show. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Take care of yourselves, and as you go through the day, and I can say this because it's Friday, as you go through this weekend, as always, be well.